Mulder, look, Colton plays by the book and you don't. They feel your methods, your theories are... Spooky. It's still real to me, damn it! Hey, what's up? My name's Noelle, and I am that one neckbeard who gets enough confidence to come say hi to you. Hi, and I'm Chelsea. I'm the person who uh, talks a lot of shit on the internet, and then to your face, I just get awkward and sweaty. Oh, oh, was that a was that a real thing that happened to you recently? Uh, no, I oh. did get really sweaty when I met Jake the Snake, though. Okay, I want to talk about that. So we we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna review Fanex, but first of all, before we get into the pros which was your jake the snake experience Mm -hmm. which people will need a little bit of context as to who that is and why you were so excited um thursday was the first day of the convention i'm assuming that they didn't sell as many thursday tickets as they wanted to because less than six hours before the convention opened people were getting emails like congrats you got a free thursday pass after five o'clock like i literally had four of those in my inbox if you had entered your email anywhere on Fanex's site or for a ticket sign up at any point you were getting that free pass on thursday i didn't even think of that you think that's the reason why oh i know that's why because um my first two years going to comic-con i didn't pay for tickets i won them i won a vip and then i won a gold and so i had to register through their ticketing site to get those and so mm-hmm. they have my email so i received both a thursday pass for my previous purchase quote-unquote for a vip and a gold pass so like they had them in the system did a mass email blast for thursday at five to get more people in to buy more shit it's yeah, absolutely that makes sense because yeah. i got a free thursday pass too mm-hmm. i just give it to my roommate yeah uh, but mm-hmm. interesting that's for sure why it still felt super crowded on thursday though it was like, and i think that's why um the cool part of Thursday was if you're if you have a special guest lanyard you can just flash it and walk through whenever so Rachel and I walked in when the quote-unquote VIP only was so it was like Mm -hmm. 15 people walking around that's when we made all of our major purchases um and the the downfall to that was as Chelsea and I kind of found out on Wednesday when we went to pick up our special guest passes was that they did not turn on the fucking air conditioning Nope. They did. They straight up did not turn on the air conditioning for Thursday. I don't know if that was like Fanex or the Salt Palace making a choice, but it was a fucking choice. I was wearing nothing and I was still hot. And you were in full cosplay. Mm-hmm. That would have been miserable. I was the sweatiest, most B.O.E.ist. To be fair. To be fair. Um, the best place in the world to have as bad of B.O. as I had that day was at Fanex yeah. because you could just blame it on someone next to you who looks like they probably would have it more than you. But I was wearing my full Ash cosplay, which is like pleather boots with pleather, like, um, I don't know what you'd call them. They basically go from your ankle to halfway up your thigh. And then underneath that was this velvet pant. And then I was wearing a long sleeve and then a vest. And that vest was just like, there was no space for air. It was a swamp back. And the fucking smell. I had put on so much deodorant, but the fucking smell that was coming off of me of just being in this humid, 
90 something degree weather with no fucking air conditioning packed like sardines in a can going in and out for photo shoots and not i smelled so fucking bad that like my partner smelled i was like hey will you do me a favor real quick and he's like yeah sure and i'm like you just take a little whiff under my arm and he was like okay and he smelled it and he was like i am genuinely surprised with yeah. how fucking bad that is oh I've i was never, a human swamp never shrek all up in my armpit get out me swamp. maybe my butt Maybe my butt. Oh, for sure. The the feeling of, like, swass when you, like, have to take your pants down to go to the bathroom. Like, and when that hits the toilet seat, like, that, that's a form of torture in hell. I was wearing a skirt, mm-hmm. so I had a bit of breeze going on. But there was a point where I sat down just, like, cheeks on mm-hmm. convention floor. Yeah. And the relief... Mm-hmm. They went up through my loins. <laughs> yeah. It was heavenly. Dude, it was so fucking rough. And we know for a fact that they didn't turn the air conditioning on because Friday and Saturday they, d- they did, and it was a significant improvement. Well, I feel like they waited to turn the air conditioning on. Mm-hmm. It was like the mornings were miserable hot. The yeah. panel rooms were good. I didn't think the panel rooms were hot at all. Yeah, it was no. just like the main convention floor where everyone was packed in. Yeah. And uh, people are getting moved around, like the monster purses. Mm-hmm was supposed to be in like row 500 and they got moved to row 1501 mm-hmm. so unless you were following them on instagram or like people's various social media sites then you wouldn't have known where people got moved but mm-hmm. i don't know the logistics or the back end of There's... how panel layout wor- or like floor layout works so that was like a minor critique well did you see um i didn't read it Fully, I just kind of scanned it. A vendor got into the Fanex group and wrote like this giant complaint about the way that vendors are treated and seated and placed on the convention floor. I saw the one that was like that they had no room back to back and that people in the middle tables couldn't get out unless they like literally climbed or crawled out. Mm-hmm. Um, That's even a different one than I saw. Vanity Studios. Uh, who are that's who I do like comic art for were there, but they were on the corner and I think they got a really great spot. So mm-hmm. they were the main ones that I talked to. Um, and they had no issue. Yeah. They had no complaints because they were in like a really great spot. Mm-hmm. Um, they did. I'm pretty sure they paid to be there. I know that the cups vendor for some reason, like the people who are like engraving stuff on cups, I walked up to them and the person running their booth immediately had nothing but complaints to say to me and i wonder if that's because i had the special guest Mm. lanyard on yeah because they were like oh my god have you heard how terrible the panel or like how terrible the layout is like we've been moved i know for a fact that my friend who's over in front of artist alley is making bank and i'm in this weird fucking spot Mm -hmm. and i was just there waiting for oliver to pick out a cup so yeah. it wasn't like I came up and I was like, hey, what you think? And I wasn't wearing anything special except for the special guest pass. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I did hear a few issues like that. Yeah. Which but. I think is like if you saw the, the setup of it, it was a little rough. And here's the part that makes no sense to me. There were vacant spots. Not only were there vacant tables set up. There was just straight up empty real estate that wasn't be, being facilitated to the best of its mm-hmm. ability. Um, specifically, where they used to do like food and shit, they had the cosplayers there. And then there was a whole other empty row, just straight up empty. 
Because on Saturday, Charlie Manders, full-time Twitch streamer, fantastic cosplayer, adorable person overall, um, they gave her a booth. They were just like, hey, here you go. And gave her one of the empty booths. Bless her whole entire existence. She was there with a fucking Sharpie trying to make a sign for herself. But the other cosplayers had to pay for their booths. So was there any kind of like reach out to them? about like the discrepancy in what they paid then because if they're just giving booths away for free i know that her booth was given to her by the warbla dude like because yeah. in the cosplay area right next to um jules doing tattoos bearded leia there was the warbla booth yeah and he gave charlie the booth behind i did like that they had the like craft stuff removed from the artist alley mm-hmm. um but there was no... But it's a big... Dis- like, I didn't know that they were there 100%. Um, I don't know. Like, I do like how they did the layout this year. I never really walked down the cosplay aisles. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just never do. Yeah. Um, it wasn't anything to write home about. Um, I do think that the layout was a little chaotic in that basically the convention floor is shaped like an L and or maybe more like a u that's turned Mm -hmm. and when you hit that corner that's typically where the celebrities are but they had also put mixed in vendors there Mm -hmm. which i thought was a little weird because there was like an anime booth over there there was bearded jeweler who i've been like always wanting some of their jewelry for like years now and i finally got one that day but that's where they were Mm -hmm. that's where i found them and it just like kind of made no sense a little bit. Um, but I think it was, like, a better layout than they have had before, objectively. Yeah. yeah. I it, agree. It didn't feel... I mean, Saturday and Friday are... Friday and Saturday are fucking chaos, no matter what. Yeah, those are really... It's, like, almost a completely different con. hmm I would say if you're going to pick a day to go to Fanex because you want to shop, go... Thursday. Well, here's the other thing about that. I know for three different experiences with purchasing, they the vendors don't put out all their shit on Thursday. True, because I went by the Goodwill booth like a hundred times and they had different stuff every time because yep. they were just keeping things out. Yep. Like, well, underneath and then as shit sold and they would put it back up. Yep. Which is smart for them. I mean, it's Goodwill. Um, and then also on Saturday evening is when people start to discount their stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just, like, cons in general. I mean, yeah. that's, like, with roller con, you can yeah. get cheap stuff on the last day because I don't want to lug it all home. Yeah. It was um, on Thursday, so when we hit during the VIP time, we specifically also shout out for having more anime booths this year. That was fun. It wasn't just all Funko Pops. Um, we were going to the anime body pillows, naturally. And I was like, hey, do you guys have Himiko Toga from My Hero Academia? And they're like, oh, no, we don't, but we have all these ones. And then I saw 2B, um, which is from a video game, and I was like, oh, I'll get that. I'll get her if you guys don't have Toga. So I got her next day, Friday. Guess who's up there? Motherfucking Toga. So now I have another body pillow. Yeah, I have four fucking body pillows in my ownership. I had to gift one away. I'm legitimately upset with you about that. Why? Like, I'm mad at you. Why? I'm looking you in the eyes. Because... I don't know who those people are, but when you're telling me that you want, like, a naked, really slutty, mm-hmm. like, yeah, 
violating all sensibilities pillow mm-hmm. and me as a good ignorant friend i'm trying to find it for you and i'm taking pictures of these waifu pillows yeah. of nude children basically <laughs> to send to you and i'm like does this work and then the whole time i'm like can i take a picture is that okay and they're looking at me like i'm a fucking creep i'm not a creep i'm just trying to be a good friend you are a good friend because that's how I found out who had what and where. Yeah, like that one where it was just like the nipples and then like just the very slit. Yeah. The slit of her labia had like little I, like post-its over it. I, have you seen my body pillows? Yeah. It's, some of them are, to be fair, to be fair, I don't even have some of the worst. Like Rachel has one that's full pussy and tits out. Mine are like pussy lips to the yeah. side. Do you know what I mean? Massive camel toe. Suggested nudity. A slight nipple slip. It's all tasteful. I, <laughs> I want one. But I want to hand stitch Nicholas Cage's face over it. That's a great idea. Um, I know. But they don't have... But I'm also not willing to spend the money. They're ridiculously expensive. They can be. I found... The person I found, who I think it's the same person I've been getting them from, charges um, 25 for the pillowcase, 35 stuffed. Where other places do 50 to 80. Yeah. So I got Toga for 25 stuffed for myself. <laughs> and then I got um, 2B and then my partner got me Bakugo. First male I, I have. I don't know what you're saying. I got a flim flam. <laughs> I got a flim flam and whatnot. What we should do for a Patreon thing is we will make them a waifu pillow. And drawn. like a fucking nightmare. But we'll trace our... Well, we'll trace my doughy body mm-hmm. on one side okay. and then your slim fitted body on the other. It's getting kind of doughy. Yeah. I, I've been going to the gym. I thought I was much. Okay. So another thing, probably TMI, was that I got my period the day of the con. God yeah. bless you for bringing me 100,000 tampons, <laughs> by the way. Okay. I don't menstruate anymore. Everyone knows this. So I just like, I kind of forgot like who needs how many. So I just grabbed every size, like, like. You grab like Petite, six of every size. Regular and large, like all wrapped up and ready um, to go. Yeah, and so then I was so bloated and gassy that I had been baby starving myself with a slim fast diet so mm-hmm. I could look like hashtag dope in my Gwenum. Yeah. Because the last time I wore it, I was like way doughy. And then it didn't even matter because I was just, just as bloated as ever. But, you know, you gave me so many tampons that when I open up my backpack and then they all spilled out like Pandora's <laughs> like box, school. I think Puff and ate six of them. What? And I still had like 30 left over. We ate them. We chewed them up and then like ripped the cotton around. He oh thought they were little toys. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So sorry for that. Yeah. And I haven't used a tampon in forever because I used the cup. Wow. Yeah. So that was another thing. It was just like, Ugh. I have to wet little strings. What? That that bothers you more than a cup inside of yourself? You had a Dixie cup. You don't cup. feel the cup. I don't think you feel a tampon either. Well, you feel a little string. Okay, sure. I mean, I kind of tuck it up there a little bit. Also, Cora, no, I just get, to get off of me. <laughs> no, I, uh, it's just, it sucked. And then you get, like, gassy period pains. Yeah, and no, I, I feel tired you. and lethargic. Yeah, I get that. So, uh... But luckily, I didn't really have to. I I didn't have to Photoshop myself skinnier and anything, so I just played up my angles. Nice. I always just touch up my chin because no matter what, I always have the insecurities about it. Um, yeah, I always make my head slightly smaller. I got a big head. It's a, I feel that. Well, I don't. 
If I'm using the Korean beauty app, then I don't even have to touch up anything. Yeah. It's just perfect all the way around. Well, it's so. like, um, I have such a, like, thumb head. I feel that. It's just straight down. Like, if you pulled the head off a of Barbie and then drew a face on its little <laughs> nubby neck, it's like what I look like in photos. That's how I feel, dude. Yeah. What type of Caucasian are we that it's just, like, thumb head? Well, my jaw is so, like, I think uh, that guy who fucked up my face just smash my jaw like back <laughs> into my throat yeah that's fair so i get that i just embrace the thumb head because i feel like if i do it then people aren't like oh the bitch is a thumb head they're like yeah. oh she lives for being a thumb head but i just really have the tears of a clown <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> yeah insert me crying and putting on clown makeup every yeah. night that i try to convince myself that i have a chin just contouring <laughs> with like black mascara Dude, hoping that it works. i have contoured so hard and convinced myself that it looks good and i'm just like let it go you can't give yourself a chin no you're not a drag queen stop who yeah. are you trying to fucking confuse just, you know can't even fool myself no not anymore I still contour the fuck out of my nose no matter what. It doesn't matter. I've been it's been broken too many times. I can't not. Yeah. I'll look like a clown till I fucking die. Give me yeah. the red and white bitch. I'm fine. Just anyway, I guess that's I guess that's my only complaint. <laughs> Physiologically I'm unhappy with the way I look. <laughs> my only complaint is that I hate myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I did I did see improvement with Fanex this year. So Yeah. Um, Layout-wise, uh, panel-wise, how'd you feel about your panels? Uh, it was good. Um, Thursday was my um, Renaissance of Horror panel, which was awesome. I was really fucked up when I went to that panel, um, and I just, like, went aggressive with everything. Mm-hmm. And literally, I think I said at one point, I'm going to go to a soapbox really quick and tell you guys but did you everyone, get drunk and go to your panel? Yes, of course I did. Good lord. Um, but everyone was so on board, and I got great criticism slash feedback about it. Like, your opinions are wrong. Why do yeah. you feel this way? And I'm like, you're, you're white trash and don't know what a good horror movie is. And I was really excited about it. I think it went over super well. Um, I didn't shut the fuck up, and I think it was fun. I was, it was fun stuff. Um, what about your Thursday? My Thursday, I had three panels. My first one was Sith versus Jedi, choose a side. Went fucking impeccable. Yeah. Uh, the My friend Luke, who I do Nerd Dome podcast with, wasn't able to make it because the schedule kind of got switched around last minute and he ended up not being able to come. Mm-hmm. But the guy that they subbed in for him was amazing. Everybody on that panel did great. They... Knew the extended universe stuff. They'd all read the text. Um, it was basically just like the philosophies of Jedi versus the philosophies of Sith. The mm-hmm. crowd was loving it. They were laughing. Um, female villain, villains, stereotypes, and more also went really well. Um, the audience got real, uh, real sassy with that one, which I thought was good because. Like I how mean, so? Um, like with what specifically? So we had a name: perfect female villains. Um, so like Professor Umbridge from Harry Potter's good because she doesn't have a romantic interest. She doesn't, she's not written in as like hideous or sexy. I mean, she's written kind of like a toad, but she's just a regular woman with political aspirations. Like it's like, she's just, she's just fucking good at Mm -hmm. red tape Mm -hmm. and that's a perfect villain. Um, and the audience was like, 
like crucify her and like people are just like yelling out villains that they love and then they would talk about um imperfect villains so like for example like maleficent in the cartoon had really petty aspirations like she wanted to be invited to the party mm-hmm. and that's typical of female villains is just the petty yeah there it's <laughs> exaggerated pettiness mm-hmm. and that's what women tend to be described as and like a single mom villain tends to be like like shrill and mm-hmm. bloodthirsty but a single dad is rarely ever portrayed as a villain mm-hmm. uh that went really well and then i had the it's real to me damn it professional wrestling and 90 years of theatrics just basically a panel full of us talking about like just fucking wrestling shit it was like talking about the best kayfabe which is like the fakeness of it or like what they sell to the audience and how it's always been that way mm-hmm. how like wrestling came from carnivals and sideshows like the strongmen and it's really awesome and then laughing about how fucking funny wrestling is mm-hmm. it's like burlesque for men that's a great description yeah um stopping there so you met jake the snake oh my god so explain that and i was wearing my jake the snake shirt so for those of you uh who aren't super into wrestling jake the snake was really prominent during the randy savage hulk hogan era and he was mostly a heel aka villain in wrestling Mm -hmm. and his thing was he just had a fucking snake with him not just a snake he had a fucking cobra yeah it was a cobra cobra. it was de-venomized but it was it was only de-venomized in the sense that they milked it prior and then they like had silicone that they put into its like venom sacks so that it wouldn't produce more venom because it would think it was full but it was still very much a dangerous snake um but so I get to Fanex. I'm like, all I want to do is meet Jake the Snake. Mm-hmm. And I'm s- kind of like prowling around on You're the panel floor. Yeah. And nobody was really there yet. It was on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And they hadn't even opened the panel floor to everybody yet. It was just like VIP access at that point. And I'm looking around and I see Jake the Snake just kind of standing there. And I like freeze, but I'm like, huh, huh. He's also like, very fucking old right now, right? Yeah, he's like 61. Uh-huh. And he's been through some shit. Like he... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll go into Jake the Snake's story because he's a fascinating person. But I see him and I'm making eye contact with him. And I'm like, huh, huh. Like, I'm go- like I want to run, but I'm not. I want to run, but I'm not. And then he, he sees me and I go like this. Like, look at my shirt. Look at my shirt. So Jake the Snake shirt. And he like beckons me over. And I full on Terminator sprint over to him. Good. Crying and sweating. I don't know why I was sweating. Like, some may say it was because you just ran. But I'm not really like a sweaty person. I think I was like uh-huh. sweating from the emotions of it. And I did the word vomit thing where I'm like, I'm so, so, so happy to meet you. And he hugged me and I hugged him and it was beautiful. And we just held each other. Like the picture <laughs> so, you took is like a picture that you would see of a toddler opening up a oh Christmas present God. that it fully comprehends for the first time. The joy is in my eyes. And I Absolutely. didn't think that I was a happy person anymore, mm-hmm. but I was in that moment. I was so happy. And he had a photo of him and Randy Savage and he signed it for me. Which, and it happens to be my favorite moment in wrestling, the one that I posted on your page, because he just yeah. brings on a full-on cobra, and he pisses it off and makes it bite Randy Savage, and he's just bleeding and screaming. Um, mm-hmm. And then the funny thing about that is, so Jake the Snake panel, we'll just talk about it. Do it. Just to up. The Jake the Snake panel was on Saturday, so we're kind of jumping forward in time, but it's tying into the topic. So... 
he's talking about that story and apparently like Randy Savage was super paranoid about the snake and he was thinking Yeah, it's that, a cobra, it could kill you. Yeah. It's not a boa constrictor. Right. It's and a he's, cobra. He was like, if you want that snake to bite me, you have to get the snake to bite you. So I guess Jake the Snake just like rolled up his pant leg and kind of like nudged the snake with it until it bit him. And he was saying that like the difference when you're out in the fucking ring and the adrenaline is going versus where you're in the back with a beer and kicking a cobra until it bites you is amazing. So that pissed him off enough that when the snake bit Randy Savage in the ring, he was like shaking it a little mm-hmm. bit and like pissing it off. Mm-hmm. And um, so Jake the Snake went through, he's an inspiration to me because he went through like oh super God. shitty Cora, times. shut the fuck up. Just, just snorting and snoodling. So. Jake the Snake, um, I mean, everybody in wrestling, it's like a super hard, it's just a hard life because they're touring like virtually every single day out of the year. Mm -hmm. They have title fights and they're in different cities. They're constantly traveling. They are expected to perform or they don't get paid. Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of the prominence of just like self-medicating comes up. And then it's also really lonely on the road. So he got into alcoholism as a way to kind of like treat himself and he kind of fell from fame from wrestling and he showed up to the rings like super drunk one night and they basically just called it and then that was kind of his fall from grace. So enter uh, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, who another fucking amazing wrestler. He always stayed like on the straight and narrow and he runs a company now where basically he heals people through yoga. Mm-hmm. He wanted to help Jake the Snake so he reached out some, to some people to go find him and they find Jake the Snake just living in basic squalor. Like you wouldn't think that this was one of the biggest wrestlers in history. Mm-hmm. And they take him back to DDP's house and it's a work of just basically getting him clean. Mm-hmm. And it resonates because he part of the reason why he was self-medicating is because of chronic pain and i have chronic pain with like my migraines in my face and just seeing someone like go through that process of like trying to self-medicate and i feel like both of us self-medicated our depression i mean who doesn't self-medicate so it's just him um his compassion for people who have gone through hard times is different than what you would normally tend to see because usually you think like oh like liberal happy hippy dippy type Mm -hmm. but with jake the snake He's basically just like, no, I did the fucking hard work. DDP just gave me a safe place to say. And he was like, who the fuck are you to, like, judge people? And he was saying this in his panel. And he was just like, fuck you if you think that, like, you're better than anyone. Mm-hmm. And then he looked at me and he was like, you are the naked girl I see in my fantasies. And, like, right in the middle of the panel. What? Yeah. He was like, you remind me of the feelings. So he was talking about the feeling that he would get every time he stepped into a ring and how mm-hmm. that's, like, his quote-unquote higher power. And then he looked at me in my fucking eyeballs. And he was like, I see naked women in my fantasies, and they look a lot like you. I screamed like, ah! And then he said, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. In the middle of his panel in front of everyone, and Oliver was sitting next to me. And I was just like, I gotta. And he's like, do it, do it. And Oliver hauled past me, dug up a Jake the Snake, but it didn't happen. Oh, I was so ready for a big finale. I know. He really had hurt his back, so his panel was only a half hour long. But it was like everything that I needed it to be. Uh Uh-huh. He's just a magical person. Um, watch Jake the Snake's documentary on Hulu uh, of him getting clean and sober, and it'll make you cry. It is fucking oh, I heartbreaking. Bet. I bet. I think one of the 
one of the saddest stories that we all kind of know, even if we're not into wrestling, is the horrific falls from grace that are tied into yeah. um, some sort of addiction yeah. coping mechanism. It's just the slippery slope of maybe being a little sad or mm-hmm. maybe being a little sore. Mm-hmm. And then the crushing reality that we're all really fucking alone in the universe. Mm-hmm. And then that's his story. Yeah. Like, it just resonated. Especially, like, the pain stuff and then having mm-hmm. some, like finding something you love and letting it kill you mm-hmm. is Jake the Snake's kind of philosophy with wrestling. And he finally did get sober. It took, like, a ton of times, though. And you also never see that. You either see people try to get sober and then they fuck up and then that's it. Or they're just sober. Like, mm-hmm. never, like, the ups and downs of it. So... And then he ended up getting inducted into the Wrestling Hall of Fame because he got sober and he kind of came back. And now he just does tours and he should just be a motivational speaker. And he's fucking hilarious. That's the best. So. I love that so much. Yeah, that was my Jake the Snake story. I'll have to watch the Hulu documentary. When he, you sent me that video, it it was like, that's oh. a fucking cobra. And they're just letting it bite <laughs> Randy Savage real hard. He uh, also shared my picture on his Instagram and his Facebook page. I did see that. He's a big fan of you. And he commented on my Instagram. Whoa. So Jake the Snake, if you're hearing this, will I bury your children? Yes. Oh, good. Little snake babies. Just Good. I'll lay a ton of eggs, uh-huh. and then I'll keep keep them under a lamp, uh-huh. and then they will slither out. That sounds perfect. Yeah, and then I will smother them. Watch the fuck out, Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I yeah. I'll, no, Oliver Hall passed it. It's fine. Oh well, you know what? Great. I hope yeah. that he slides into your DMs like a slithery snake. Have you yeah. checked them recently? Have you checked your DM no. requests? I, think I need you, to look. Wait, do you follow him? Yeah. I only got one DM request through all of... Actually, oh, it's from Mia. Oh, I love Mia. (laughs) I love Mia Uh, as well. The only one I got was someone said that they really liked my recommendation of Murder Falcon. Okay. Super wholesome, sweet (laughs) DM. That was was the only secret DM I got. Oh, well, everyone out there, please send Chelsea DMs. Um, I did the same type of call out when no one DMs me anymore. Yeah, um, I never get DMs. They're just like, I don't know what the deal is. Is it because I have a resting bitch face forever? Is it because I'm an insufferable monster? I only post pictures of Puffin. Maybe people think you're a dog. Yeah. I don't even have like an anime AVI and people still aren't even like into it. It's so, I, it's whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I just crave attention and need it uh, constantly and I don't get it. Yeah. And I always ask for hate mail. I never get hate mail from, like, Bleeding Cool. Ugh. They protect me there, but I want it. I would love hate mail. We did get, like, our first bad review on iTunes since Shane left, and I mm-hmm. thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, you don't think, like, this was not planned. We're just out here yeah. living. Noel just pulled me off of the street one day. Yeah. And I was like, hey. <laughs> I haven't left since. Hey, please do this uh, with me. But yeah, uh, it was good. I didn't, I only got positive. Well, I don't know. What? How was your Friday? <laughs> what? Let's talk about your panels. What? What was that positive? I only got like positive feedback about everything I did from the panels. But yeah. also most of my feedback came from Oliver. So. Well, gaslighting ass motherfucker. I know. Tell me um, the truth, you stupid piece of shit. He listens and I'm really glad that he's <laughs> in here. Um, my Friday... I was like a casual school girl version of Todoroki from My Hero Academia. On Friday, I didn't have any panels, which was weird. 
Um, I was scheduled like all three days, but they like removed me and then moved me around a bunch. So I just had nothing on Friday and then a completely packed panel to panel running to the next room Saturday. So I loved that. Um, Friday, we took some pictures and they were pretty cute. Like the photographer, mm-hmm. Jason Hugh, was like, I want you guys to like jump and kick. Naturally, Rachel and I tried to do like a kick at the same time and she looks like grace and beauty and yeah. I looked like I'm <laughs> like a tadpole struggling. <laughs> struggling. Um, but it was it was cool. She did her um, hip hop and comics panel, which is always a good time, always a really fun panel to listen in on. And she brought up how she wanted to start watching wrestling and one of the panelists mentioned you. Aww. He was like, do you know Chelsea Bloomfield? Because you need to talk to her. And he was on your wrestling panel. He has a big beard. Was it Trent? Trent. Trent's a good dude. Yeah. His dog's name is Michael Sarah. Oh. <laughs> I follow him on Instagram and I send him messages. That's the only person I DM on Instagram. About his dog. Well, I'm DMing Michael Sarah. Um, and I was like, Michael, you're so cute. I hope your tummy feel better today. And he'll respond back. He's like, thanks, it is. <laughs> I know it's Trent. Losers, man. <laughs> I know. Um, but the hip hop and comics panel is always a good time because, um, the, the Venn diagram between comic books and, and hip hop culture and music is exactly, it's a fucking circle. So it's really cool. The, all of the storylines that kind of cross over Wu-Tang Clan is the ultimate example of a bunch of fucking nerds getting together and making an album. Um, MF Doom as well, who literally is a persona, Mm -hmm. uh, in hip hop. Uh, Outcast, of course, did like a whole entire comic book series. Um, it's just, it's um, incredible if you look into it, even for a moment, you'll see the all of the parallels and just straight up verses. Yeah. Referencing. Even super recently, if you listen to Spider Man, uh, the multiverse soundtrack, fucking perfection. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best soundtracks, I dare say, of all time. I agree a thousand percent. And then that was the other conversation that they had was like, are movies starting to realize how important soundtracks are to them again? Because we kind of went in like a dark ages with that. Specifically, um, superhero movies, like having Intro to the Spider-Verse be a movie that's braided in with music. I mean, when that opening scene comes out and Biggie's playing and Miles Morales is walking down the street, it's just like you can't. You couldn't have written more, like, a more perfect scenario. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. And uh, and soundtrack to go with it. Or even Black Panther, yeah. Kendrick Lamar, completely curating that whole entire fucking album. Yeah. It was stunning. That's one of the best And even non-hip-hop. Well. Look at how the soundtrack for Guardians of the Galaxy completely changed the vibe of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Every single, even um, Suicide Squad tried to emulate that. Yeah unsuccessfully yeah they couldn't fucking do it but it was a super cool panel yeah we're getting robbed right we're now getting 100% Hi. Hi. be quiet we're recording <laughs> <laughs> um but that was basically friday what was your friday like uh my friday i had more panels so i had the avengers end game where do we go from here in marvel phase four and beyond this was the panel i was super worried about um because it Required a lot of movie theory based on extrapolation from comics and characters we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. However, the Lord blessed me with 
a man by the name of Jay Washington from Utah. Jay Australia Washington now, is the best. Who, by the grace of baby Jesus, made that panel amazing. That's the best. Were you moderating that? I was. And uh, so my moderation style was just, I'm going to go down the list. Mm-hmm. We're not doing the you say your opinion, you say your opinion, you say your opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go down the list of my questions, and whoever wants to answer it, answer it. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to police who's talking. I'm here to fix the flow and to make sure there's not a lull in conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, not, I think that maybe some of the movie people could have been a little overwhelmed. Uh, for the most part, all the panelists did great. Um, no complaints. I think that... It was really hit, the, those who felt maybe left out or probably hindered by their lack of comic book knowledge. Because even Shang Chi, like we, I barely know anything about him. Mm-hmm. I literally didn't read a single comic in ever that he's in, mm-hmm. and I've read a billion comics. So stuff like that is just it was really hard for them to prep for it, and they did a great job. Um, then I had from the Bronze Age of Comics to Modern: How Indie Comics Changed the Industry Forever. This was one that I was worried about for you. I was super worried because I had a hard time getting a hold of the moderator. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting a hold of him, and then it was fine. I think that the subject matter is only interesting to those who are maybe in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was basically just... A jerk-off session for writers? Well, there's one guy who <laughs> mentioned his comic like a hundred thousand times, and Oliver like, uh, and then Oliver was like, "Dude, what was that guy's comic's name?" For the rest of the time, uh, but everybody else on the panel did really, really good. I thought the moderator was great. It's just a dry subject. It's just it's like going to a history class, mm-hmm. and you're not ta- you're talking about like hyper specific kind yeah. of not interesting. Not it's like constitutional law, yeah, but like not talking about any case studies whatsoever, and it's just how indie comics changed because they demanded royalties for writers. That's just a dry topic, but I think it went well. Uh, everyone was really educated and none of those guys like Marvel really or DC. So it was kind of a safe place to finally be able to tell the truth about some of those people. You had your, um, anti Stan Lee panel slip in. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the people who was on the anti Stan Lee panel, was uh, controversy from last year was on my Marvel Phase Four panel, and, and we haven't talked about that yet, though. They didn't. Yeah, I want to cover that in my like sense of Stanley. Uh, if you criticize Stanley to people who are fans of the movies, it will go very, very wrong. Um, <laughs> so, comics and complication was basically uh, my sad panel. We went through all the shit that happens to people, like rape alcoholism, suicide, parental death, even foster care, and comic book stories that talk about that stuff Mm -hmm. to kind of, like, help people navigate through it. It was good. It was just sad. Yeah. You can't really, like, put a fun twist on that. And then uh, Brightest Day, Blackest Night, my Green Lantern 60th anniversary panel. I sent you a video of that one. Uh Yeah, you did. Um, I expected that to be the super nerd cringe zone, and it absolutely was. And... It was. I'm very thankful for both videos that you and Oliver sent me. I was like, this is exactly I, what I thought it was. I literally sent Oliver a text while I was in the panel, and I was like, film this, send it to Noelle, tell her it's from me, she'll know what it means. <laughs> and I don't want to call out any names or anything, but it was just, it was uh, pretty interesting. That was a super nerd fest, though. Message fucking received. Yep. 
my butthole was so puckered <laughs> from that cringe. But of course, you put a bunch of, were you the only female on that panel? Yes. Of course. If you put a bunch of fucking specifically Green Lantern nerds in a room together to all circle jerk each other, it's going to hurt. It's going to yeah. hurt to watch. Yeah, and I was real dry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it went well. Uh, it was just mostly talking about Hal Jordan, which in terms of Green Lantern universe would be like only talking about Albus Dumbledore to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. There's like other significant Gryffindors to talk about. But he's the main one. I mean, he was Green Lantern for like 30 or 40 years. Sure. So it was fine. Um, That's, you know. Lots of Silver Age stuff. Sometimes people like saltine crackers. Yeah. And just basic bullshit. Yep. (laughs) Was that all of your Friday? Yeah, and then I didn't have any panels on Saturday. Saturday was my free day. Uh, I bought some fudge. I looked really hard to find comic book stuff that I would want to purchase. and I Like found... actual physical comic books? Because there was yeah. like a few. The nerd store, I think, was the only comic book shop that yeah. I saw there. Yeah. But I wasn't on the hunt for comic books from a comic book shop. I wanted maybe more like indie, like real indie stuff, like self-published things. The only problem with that is the stuff that I found was kind of expensive and... Um, I didn't want to pay like twenty bucks. You really to thought that our local pop culture con would have indie comics like its roots that it should be. I found one, and I took a. Fucking <laughs> 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 Apollo's having a like a conniption. I found one. I took a picture of it so I could like specifically like give it a shout out. It's called the Ghoulish Grimoire. Look at how cool that is. Oh, that's so cool. It's They're done... little like demony black and white creatures. Yeah, and it's done by uh, Diana Levin and Sean Givens. It's basically uh, a creepy short story. I'm actually I got the go ahead to review it for Bleeding Cool. Ooh, fun. Um, the problem. Yes. When you want to review things for... Well, Bleeding Coal is amazing. I don't have anything bad to say about Bleeding Coal. I basically, you pitch it, and they're like, yeah, fucking do it. Mm-hmm. The problem when you're talking to creators is that sometimes you're like, I want to write a review for Bleeding Cool. What would you give me to like pitch your best foot forward? And that's when people stumble and fail because I'm not a career maker. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I talked to one guy, and he's like, oh, this is going to be the next great epic saga. It's going to be made into a movie. Um, this is like a 100% creative genius on my part. And then by the time he was done giving a spiel, like I knew about him, but I didn't know about his comic. Mm-hmm. And so that stuff, I'm always just like, oh, thanks, man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to move on. Because I pay out of my own pocket to review this stuff. Yeah. Um, because Bleeding Cool provides me the content for the website to review. But if I want to go above and beyond, I pay for it out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So Schoolish Grimoire was the only one of the people I had talked to where I was like, I want to do a review for Bleeding Cool. Can you, like, tell me what you would give me to put your best foot forward? And he showed this. He gushed about the artist, who's his partner. Um, he was just like, it's a labor of love. I really like this story. Um, he's like, we're just into really creepy stuff. And, like, Aww. and it was just great. He gushed about the work. And then he was like, and then he was like, if the review comes up or if it doesn't, I just hope you like it. And I was like, you son of a bitch. I'll buy it. And I will make sure I write an article about it. That's so, so precious. Have yeah. you started it yet? No, I just, I had to do, like, another review for a comic that's coming out tomorrow by, like, Warren Ellis. The guy did Transmetropolitan. Oh, cool. But then I'm going to do the Grimoire one after it, so. Let me read it when you're done with it. Oh, 100%, yeah. 
It's cute, too. And the art in it is fucking creepy. Yeah, it looks adorable. So I'll take some pictures and I'll post them in the Freaky Geeks group. Yeah. And then I have, like, I'll, I'll post all the website stuff, too, so people can go check it out. Yeah. But and it was only 10 bucks. Oh, easy. Yeah. Done. I mean, and that's comp. Most comics that are, like, hand-published should be 5 to 10 for a single issue, and then, like, 15 to 25. Is this considered a graphic novel? No, it was, like, a short story with okay. art, but okay. I still want to write about it, because he's oh, the only guy who wasn't obnoxious. That's fair. Yep. Also, the gushing about the artist first, and then being like, ah, oh, and I just wrote some stuff on it, too. It's really cool. Yeah, and the, humble. I think he said the artist was his wife or his partner, but either way, he was, like, he just gushed about it, and it was, like, really genuine, like, that it was a labor of love and not something to make money. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people are like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the next big thing. Yeah, we Marvel's going to suck my dick. We like, get okay, it. well, yeah, good luck. Bet they are. <laughs> You're going to have to buy the pillow because Marvel goes in dry, sir. So. <laughs> but, uh, oh, my God. That was it. I got my monster purse and then some art. You didn't just get a monster purse. You got, like, a unicorn monster yeah. backpack. Yeah. And I got, like, a furry wallet to go with it. But and I bought toasted marshmallow fudge. Because I was on my period. You know what? Good for you. Proud of you. That's really good. Yeah. Um, my Saturday was hot and sweaty. I was Jon Snow. Um, I decided to not do a long sleeve underneath it, like the costume called for, because I refused to be as stinky as I was on Thursday. I just mm-hmm. like, can't have that. Can't do that no, twice. Too much. Um, also, if you notice this actual scar on my I face. I see a scratch on your face. Um, <laughs> I put collodion on my face to give myself scars like john and uh-huh. then i um had a few drinks started peeling them off at karaoke and then actually yeah, gave myself you look scratched. a real injury nice in place of where those were so congrats on my part uh-huh. um we started off the morning with the my hero academia panel which is always fucking awesome and insane and chaotic it was ginormous every single year that we do it, it this was the third year um, they have to move us rooms into bigger spaces. Mm-hmm. And once again, we hit capacity and had to start turning people away. It was incredible. That fandom is adorable and precious and protect them forever. They are the purest people in the world. Um, bummer, our video and slides didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so I had to like improv the first 15 minutes of the whole entire panel. But that's fine. Yeah. And... Um, it's the best part of that is like crowd interaction and um, we do like a giveaway. Mm-hmm. All of the panelists like donate um, prizes to raffle off, which is always fun. Anytime you can get anime kids excited to answer trivia questions, it's a good yeah. time. And just talking about that anime in general is just my favorite thing. It's precious. Um, we got to sit in for half of the Magic Girls panel, the Sailor Moon voice actor actresses were there oh yeah i stood and at the was... end of that because i wanted seats for jake the snake's panel which is a neat <laughs> it was you should have stayed for the whole thing because it was incredible um the voice act- actress for mars is just the most like old school feminist like first wave dope ass mm-hmm. bitch i've ever met in my whole entire life and she's like can you imagine that we were the first like four women on tv during that time like that full stop, like that's insane. And mm-hmm. she talks about like being a voice actress, how they'll go into interviews and auditions and there'll be 12 parts and only one of them is for a woman. And so they'll grab like the woman and the little boy part to like try to get both uh-huh. and how her goal is to, like get more women and girls into um, the industry. And 
it was just wholesome and then everyone sang the theme song and Rachel cried and it was perfect um after that we had our k-pop panel Mm -hmm. which was another wholesome fun uh they the moderator was awesome she showed like a little brief breakdown of like the history of k-pop and it's coming to the u.s which was really informative Mm -hmm. everyone stayed light and then naturally i had to like bring up how um, the K-pop industry has like a big dark side because it is government run by South Korea and they mm-hmm. are like perpetuating the racist stereotypes and eating disorders and mm-hmm. skin bleaching and militarized like raising of these pop stars like they're taken when they're children and put into these basically boot camps to make them mm-hmm. the perfect superstars and they don't have lives and they're in basically slave contracts and so I kind of took it a little dark there kind of took a little dark at the end and like yeah. all of them like have issues and mental health issues that go unregulated and someone killed themselves recently because of it. It's a whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that happened and I apologize to the children for that, but also life's messy and let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a good panel. Then I had my pro gaming panel, which I was very, 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 very afraid for. Elsa super prepped for. I was the most prepped I've ever been. What are you talking about? I'm a perfect (laughs) moderator. I had everything put together. It was stunning amazing couldn't have gone better no but for real i was expecting it to be a horrific train wreck and it was great ash was amazing thanks so much for helping me on that um there were a few panelists on there that also surprised me with what they were contributing to the conversation Mm -hmm. but the person who stole the show was this precious little girl and i messaged you yeah i messaged a few other people because like i want her story to like get taken off and covered um, she's this high school like freshman who's trying to create like an after school gaming program or like a gaming program within the school, like actually sponsored by it. Because now that there's collegiate gaming, why wouldn't there be like a theater high school yeah. program? And she's doing this like all on her own, trailblazing it herself. She's created it in her school and the rival school um, for them as well. And she wants to get it in like their whole district and spread it like wildfire, but she keeps hitting red tape with the rules and regulations of the school district, the state of Utah school regulations, and then what she's like capable of doing. And so she's precious and amazing. And my hopes for the future of like women and girls in gaming is bright and shining because of her. And I'm invigorated to do whatever I can to help Mm -hmm. her get what she needs. Um, And I think the best way to do that is to get her in contact with all of our news publications. Which is, it's so weird to me that they won't let her do it because I was part of Computer Tech Club in high school and we played Counter-Strike and Day of Defeat every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost wondering if, like, she, she can get around it by beating them at their own game, by mm-hmm. just, like, maybe calling it Computer Tech Club. Mm-hmm. And then, or um, just oh. Tech Club in general, or Interactive Tech Club. Mm-hmm. Like rebranding. Yeah. Um... She was talking about how, like, they can only play Smash. Which is which, fine. That's the only video game I'm good at. I mean, but. fair. But also... But there's so much more out there. It's weird, though. Like, why... Something about, like, being online and usernames and I mean, with ratings. the current political climate, too, like, blaming everything wrong that happens with children on video games, yeah. it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So, that's the fun part. So, I hope that everyone I reached out to contacts her. And um, she takes over the world. So, yeah, that was that. And then we ended Saturday with the 
um, Anime Academy Awards, which was like the last panel of the convention. And like, Mm -hmm. fuck, I hate that. I hate that that because that's such a high energy panel and everyone, including the people partaking in it, were just over it. Um, I only won one award and it was I put All Might in as the best hero. Everything else I got shit on for because I chose things that I like and no one else likes. And Mm -hmm. that's not how you win awards. I definitely felt like Leonardo DiCaprio every single year, just like smelling it, knowing that I deserved it and then not getting it. Because apparently people think Attack on Titan is cool still. But whatever. No tea, no shade. Like what you like. Just know that it's wrong. And my opinions are right. But that's fine. Uh, I did cosplay on Saturday as Gwenum. I forgot about it. I didn't go for very long. That's the sign of getting older. (laughs) We just go for a few hours then bounce out. Uh, Yeah, I went. And then that was Ichabod's first day there. Uh, My The dude I married in Vegas, Ichabod. Mm -hmm. But not my boyfriend. Yeah, there's two different people there. Uh, he, we just like walked around. He was cosplaying as punk Spider-Man, and then we shopped. I was I was only there for the Jake the Snake panel because that was my free day. Mm-hmm. And then, meh, and then I went home. How much money did drunk. you spend? Actually, not that much. I spent uh sixty bucks on my backpack wallet combo Mm -hmm. uh 60 bucks on the jake the snake signature photo set Mm -hmm. and then the art was like 10 and then the fudge was like seven and i think about like another 10 (laughs) i like how you got the fudge in there yeah good for you it's really not too much i had birthday money for my grandma (laughs) i spent on my jake the snake stuff did you tell her yeah so really i spent like less than 100 bucks maybe about 100 bucks that's not bad at all Mm -mm. That is not bad at all. And then the people that I invited with the passes that Fanix gave me spent a fuck ton of money. Like, Recky, my old roommate Recky, mm-hmm. was full on ready, like, to drop 200 bucks on the Hayden Christensen photo op, but the timing and scheduling got weird, so she couldn't make it. But yeah. she bought a ton of stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of upset I didn't take advantage of the Christina Ricci photo op, but I just, like... We did the Robert England and we did Mark Hamill. Yeah. And those are the only pictures I've ever paid for. The Mark Hamill one was like the worst that emotionally because was... it was just bad timing. Yeah. So for like... anyone who doesn't remember, my husband killed himself and then I had to go to Comic-Con. Yeah. And then stand in front of a camera with Mark Hamill. Yeah, so that one was weird. Uh, <laughs> the pictures are odd. There's a lot of mixed energies in those that photos. That was the first day I tried to contour. <laughs> Speaking of. We uh, both looked like clowns in different respects. Yeah, and I picked my worst angle. Ugh. Can you imagine? We paid collectively $400 to look like shit. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. That's a wild realization. Uh, Dooner looked super cute in it. Uh, Dimples doesn't talk to us anymore, but she looked fine. And then there were you and I. Swamp thing and creature from the Black Lagoon. (laughs) (laughs) But like Shrek swamp thing, just real bloated and terrible looking and mad. Yeah. Um, but the Jake the Snake one was totally worth it. And, uh, I'm passionate about giving him money. In more ways than I'm passionate about giving celebrities who are already super rich money. Because yeah. I don't think he's super rich. I think he lost a lot of the money when he was an alcoholic. And you now... should write him. 
I should write about you should him. Write about him about how he should be a motivational speaker. I should write how Jake the Snake changed my life. You should. Yeah. Talk about self-soothing with alcohol and how he touched on it in a very real way. And you know, it really did. Awesome. I watched that documentary, and that was part of like the precipice of whether I was going to go back to Derby or not. And I was like, "Fuck, dude, I got to do something because I'm, I'm pained emotionally and physically right now." Yeah. Give it to a fucking wrestling documentary series to bring you back in. Right? And bitch. it also changed the way I, like, approach Derby. Like, I'm not so... I'm not doing it, like, every second of every day. And I'm also, like, caring less. I mean, I know I was like, oh, we might have to move the panel or our podcast time. But it's, like, tryouts right now to do a tournament. So I have to go, but... I appreciate your passion. Yeah. I know you got out of roller derby, but... Yeah never going back people always tempt me and i say no way uh it just changed my attitude about it that's fair yeah i'm gonna watch it i had a shitty i had a very shitty attitude about derby for a long time but then the jake the snake thing and i also just like changed uh i don't know something in me something personal that's precious i'm glad that an 80 year old former wrestler can help you feel that way and he hugged me and now he wants to get my pants and then he publicly stated that he wanted to sleep with you yeah, he wanted to show me his dick if I showed him my titties. I'm so into that for you. Yeah. I'm glad that sparked the flame inside of you again. I know. I was, like, happy. Like, a guy kind of bumped into my hip, and he apologized profusely for it, and I was like, Comic-Con's full of pieces of shit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then Jake the Snake publicly sexually harassed me, and I was like, my heart is full. <laughs> um, yeah. That was good. Oh, and uh, they were doing that new cosplay. Uh, they, like, built on the cosplay consent thing by also having those tags. Did you see those tags? Yeah, do you had? know what the fuck that was about? Yeah, so Deborah Jensen. Shout out to Deborah Jensen because I saw that she was on my uh, female villains panel and I knew it would be okay no matter what because she yeah. was just super smart and eloquent. Yeah. It, from what I understood, uh, touching on the cosplay is consent thing, they also were handing out these little cards where you could highlight your gender pronouns and then your level of comfort with just basically touching your interaction. So the cards defaulted to don't touch me. And then they had stickers out and available where you could be like, ask for a photo, hugs are okay, and things like that. And then that way you could hand them to people doing like photo ops. Mm. And uh, you would, it, it kind of took like the awkwardness out of being like, okay, my pronouns are like they, them. And oh, I would love a hug, or please don't touch me, or I prefer this. And it, it like, removed the, I don't know, like, I'm cis, she, her pronouns. I don't ever have to worry about that. So, mm-hmm. like, but for people who it was weird, it perfect. That's such a cool thing. Yeah. So, uh, shout out to her for talk. She talked about it at the head, like, right at the beginning of the panel and i saw the stickers in the green room i saw the stickers in the green room and i also saw people wearing them on their badges which was cool like i also saw cosplayers wearing them like Mm -hmm. if you want to take a picture with me that's fine but here are my comfort levels with how you can pose with me yeah which is a very fun thing it's great i didn't get asked for any photos as gwenum because ichabod upstaged me as punk spider-man do you want to pour bleach on his outfit yeah okay cool fucking ichabod yeah uh, but I thought it was really good because, like, I've had times in the past where, like, dudes straight up, like, leapt on me. Yeah, and I've had people over. pick me up before, and I don't like that at all. Yeah. I don't like that at yeah. all. Yeah, or if I'm, like, running on my way to a panel, maybe, 
that's why I usually don't cosplay on my panel days. Mm. Also because it's just uncomfortable. But I feel you. But yeah, that was really good. I yeah. think that Fanex made was smart to get people like her involved um, behind the scenes. Yeah. Because now you're not hearing really any controversy. Yeah. I'd be curious to know the details of how that all happened, whether it was her pushing or them asking. Either way, I'm happy it happened, but because I'm yeah. a dramatic bitch, I want to know how that happened. Yeah. And you I'm glad I mean? that they put money into it because obviously like getting those cards made and having those stickers distributed took time and effort. So whoever headed that up, I'm just going to give Deborah a thanks because yeah, she's Yeah, I a, know that it was her a thousand percent. I yeah, know that it was. Yeah, because she's just someone to like put a name and yeah. a face to, but good job. Yeah. That was good. She's always been a trailblazer in that convention. Yeah. She was on my um, Wonder Woman. She's the one like, who yelled at Shane a few years she ago. She <laughs> sure did. Sure did. And she was on my Wonder Woman panel and it was super cool and the history of Wonder Woman Big yeah. fan of her. Mm-hmm. Also for that instance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Anyway, um, go support your local conventions. Thanks, everyone, who put in the time and effort to make the panels cool, including the panelists, moderators, and people who attended. It's really kind of hard to find the panel sometime. It's completely up to you, the listener, audience member, viewer, to figure it out and find it. So thanks for supporting it. Yeah, thank you. Um check out chelsea on the graphic novel book club as paper girls happened yet nope when's that uh happen? not next week but the week after or okay. maybe it's next week oh uh, let me pull up a date and where do you guys do it at we do it at dr volts it's on 33rd the nice thing about dr volts is that they have paper girls in stock and they also give you like a 20 percent discount you don't even, like, if you're with Book Club, you just say, this is the Book Club selection, automatically 20% discount. It doesn't matter if you intend on coming to the meeting or not. Fun. So if anyone wants to read Paper Girls, just go grab it, because it's only a $10 book, and then Volts gives you that discount, and it's supporting local, like, just whatever, local whatever. Supporting everything that you're putting your heart and soul into. I feel that. And Dr. Volts is just dope. It's Sunday, September 22nd at 5 p.m., um, they closed down the whole shop for us, so you don't have to deal with, like, non-book club people. And we you don't have to read the book, either. You can just come hang out. I love that. Yeah. But also read it. Also read it. You should definitely read it. Um, follow Casey Roy at Murder of Crows Tattoo online. I've been the worst at promoting her because I'm a piece of shit. Um, but she just finished a giant oil painting of me, and she painted my titties. Aww. And they look really great. Nice. Mostly the, like, jewelry detail around it. Don't even look at my titties. Just look at that jewelry yeah. detail. It's insane. She's amazing. Check her out. Um, I'm taking, a, like, a three-day break and then jumping back into the bullshit. Got a bunch of photo shoots planned for October. Super excited about that. Um, then our big Game of Thrones photo shoot as well. So That's December, though, right? I don't know time. That's December. It's December. I think October is our creepy Sailor Moon one. Oh, yeah. We have the seasonal Sailor Scouts. And then November is creepy... Uh, astrological signs. Oh, yeah, like the black metal astrological signs. I am doing um, horror movie posters next weekend. So I'm doing The Lost Boys and Freddy. So really excited for that. I didn't sign up for that one because I... Need a break? I'm tapped out. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Um, also, like, I've been doing more of a deep dive into Britney Spears and also more Stanley. So we got to... Britney Spears? Yeah. Recently or old? Recently. I, I do hear about the drama recently about how she's been, like, put into a facility. Yeah. 
I went on a deep dive on that, and then also, like, I'm full-on ready to do the Sins of Stan Lee episode. Let me know which one you want to do first. Also, this week on Thursday, Kari and I are talking to a sex worker, so look out for that. Uh, Hail Satan. Also known as your mom. (laughs) 